Hey folks, Armin Hammer here. Happy Thanksgiving. I have a second video here for you today, and this is the interview with Kelly Holm. And uh, if you didn't see it earlier, I had an interview with Sean Ramirez come out, and these two are the Masters athletes which had positive doping results from the CrossFit Games. But in Kelly's case, what's really interesting is she was the first ever athlete sanctioned by CrossFit who actually got her sanction reduced by proving that she took a tainted supplement. It's a really fascinating look into the process by which CrossFit tests, notifies, and handles the appeals uh, in these situations, as well as looking at the effect that an announcement like this has on athletes as they are just going about their everyday business. I think there's a big difference between an athlete who is a true professional in their sports versus people who are at best really good hobbyists who are, who are actually professionals in other fields. And that's something that gets highlighted a little bit in this interview with Kelly Holmes. So enjoy, let me know what you think, and I'll see you guys next time. All right, so Kelly, uh, first off, thanks so much. I appreciate you taking the time here. Um, the, I, I mean, I don't want to like, I don't want to beat around the bush. I don't want to, uh, you know, like sort of, cut, you know, deprive people of, of the questions that I feel like they all have. Um, it's, it's, this is a pretty wild situation, right? Yes, it has been wild for sure. Yeah. Um, could you walk me through, cause I think a lot of people don't know the process that CrossFit HQ uses in their drug testing policy. So could you walk me through your experience? Like when were you tested? When were you notified? And then how did that appeals process go for you? Sure. Um, so I, right at the completion of my last event, um, at the games, we were kind of like ushered aside and, and contained basically until they determined the, the top finishers. And when they announced that the top three were kind of taken separately to the award ceremony and they test the fourth place person as well. So I was taken alone over to, to get tested and, and escorted there directly from that last event. And uh, that's uh have you been, have you been in any sports where you were drug tested before? I haven't. I competed in high school, but never like in college and certainly not in a professional setting at any point. Okay. Um, so that was my first experience with it. I've heard about how it goes, but had never experienced it before. It's, it's, a, it's like the most awkward thing on the planet. It's right. very, yeah. I mean, it's very rigid and, and, and professional, but you know, it's like set your cup here, wash your hands here. Don't use soap, dry it, grab this only one, set it here. Like it's very, um, it's a, you know, they've got it well-oiled machine, which is great. It's consistent. So then, so you, you gave your sample in, um, at, at the games and they, they didn't take a blood sample, right? Correct. Just okay. And so, you know, you had no worries about giving that sample at, at the games and no. afterwards no. what happens? How's, how's the, how's it go from that to, you know, where we are now? Well, I had kind of, kind of forgotten about it, um, as the weeks went on and I hadn't, I just had no reason to think twice about it. So I, I didn't even, I assumed no news was good news. I didn't even think about the fact that they would like follow up on it. Um, and then it was almost exactly a month later that I got an email from CrossFit just stating that you're, you know, you failed the drug test that was conducted at the 2018 CrossFit games. And, um, 
said what the substance was and basically just said, if you, you know, if you intend to appeal, you have X number of hours to let us know. And that was it. It was pretty short. Um, what, what was your first, what was your first reaction getting that email? Uh, I, I had no idea what to even think. Thankfully I was home alone. My kids were, um, staying with my mom that night for some fortuitous reason. And I, so I would, I just sat there and, and read it probably 16 times. And I, I forwarded it to my coach and then called her immediately. Um, and I was like, what does this even, what does this even mean? What is, what is this stuff that they're talking about? Like I hadn't heard of it. Um, it was like a bunch of letters and numbers and I, I, I didn't know what to do. It was horrifying. <laughs> so what was your next step? I mean, I, I, obviously you went through an appeals process, right? So how did you kick that off? Did you just like respond quickly to that email? Like, holy crap, guys, I have no idea what's going on. How do I fix this? Or I, I didn't. So I, I didn't respond right away cause I knew, um, my coach and I like, that night, like read through all of the, like the drug policy, basically, like, what do we even do? How does this work? And, um, you know, we read that basically you kind of only have one shot to like respond. And if there's any documentation or anything you want to request back, you need to do everything in that one email response. So I was like, well, I don't even know what to ask for. So we realized we should probably get a lawyer or somebody to to give us a little bit of assistance in how this even looks and how it works. So we did some research and ended up contacting a lawyer that weekend. I got the email on a Friday night. We contacted a lawyer, you know, through that weekend and he was able to kind of walk me through like, here's, you want to make sure you respond in, in your window and here are the things that maybe you should ask for. Um, because I, I wouldn't have been able to go back then a week later and be like, actually, can you do this for me too? Or actually cross it. Can I have this information? Cause you, you don't get any more opportunities to do that. So you, you got a lawyer, smart move, right? You were able to, you know, efficiently start off your appeals process. Um, it was a huge surprise to you to get, to get this, this news. What, was it, was it sort of like, was it your lawyer kind of, you know, giving you, Hey, this happens, uh, with types of supplements. It could be a tainted supplement. You know, you should get these things tested or did you have it in your mind? Like, Hey, I, 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 you know, maybe it's something that I accidentally took or, you know, what, how did, how did it come about that, you know, to give some context, you're the first and only person who CrossFit has ever reduced the sanction for. So, you obviously did something different and or right in your appeal. And I think at least to that effect, this is interesting, but to, from your experience, I'm curious, like how did you even get into successfully appealing this thing in, in some way? That's a really good question. Um, I did not go there. I didn't in my mind, even though I knew that like, I've heard that this happens, some, you know, the supplement industry is sketchy. I, first of all, I felt like I had been pretty careful and intentional about what I was taking. So I didn't think I was taking anything really sketchy. Um, and also I just, I didn't realize, I guess I was naive to how prevalent it really was. So in my mind, I was like, I, I mean, is there anybody that I, that I know who was taking this? Would, could someone have like contam like 
sabotaged me at the games? Could the test be faulty? Like all of these seemed in my mind equally as impossible. Like, sure, they're all possible, but probably not. Um, but he, so yes, it was my lawyer who was like, you know, we, we actually see this a lot. Here's generally where it comes from. Here's what I need you to do. This is where we need to start. So he was the one who kind of walked me through like those first steps. And he was like the very first thing you need to do. He asked me on the very first phone call we had, like he wanted a list of everything I was taking and, um, you know, the, the manufacturers and information about it. And he was like, that's, I, I need you to send these to me as soon as you can. Um, or to the testing facility or whatever. And were you guys, was he, was your lawyer able to basically say like, oh, it's definitely this product, you know, you, you know, we've nope. seen this happen before. No. Okay. So you had to actually like test everything that you were taking at the time. Um, well, I mean, that was the plan. We didn't necessarily get that far, but I, I had to send everything that I had. And I think he was able to kind of say, generally, these are, you know, things that are, um, Fit, fall into a certain category might be less likely other things might be more likely but he certainly wasn't like oh that I've seen that before um at all he the testing um process for each of those supplements is really expensive so so kind of how we did it is I gathered as much as I had and sent it off and then we kind of just tested like a few at a time um just because it was so expensive. So we tested a few at a time. That first round, nothing was found. It was all negative. And it was the, the second round of testing that one of them came up positive. And, you know, I think I, I can't remember where I've heard um, where I've heard this, but the idea of tainted supplements, like you said, is something that gets thrown around a lot. I feel like every person that I've talked to um, has heard that. And usually I feel like when we hear that, the first thing that comes to mind is it's someone who just got caught and is making an excuse. And, totally. and that is, I think that's a really common reaction because it seems like such a silly thing. We put so much trust into these products, you know, the same way we put so much trust into like our cars. We want, we, we know that when we're buying them, the brakes have been checked and you know, it's going to work. It's going to stop at the stoplights. And uh, I think a lot of people lose sight of the fact that, the supplement industry doesn't have a lot of those checks and balances in place to make sure that what you're actually buying is what you're getting and that where those things were produced and manufactured don't also produce and manufacture things that you should not be putting in your system. And, you know, I, I guess from your perspective, now that you're unfortunately on the other side of this, this coin, how are you, how are you dealing with this, the entire fallout of this situation? Um, well, some days I deal with it better than others. <laughs> it's, it's still really hard. I think, um, you know, right now we're still kind of in the wading through the thick of it being released to the public and kind of this like public fallout with, you know, social media and people, like you said, people, and and as I have in the past, when you see a failed test, you just naturally assume that that implies certain guilt. And unless people take the time to look into um, the circumstances of my particular case, that's what they're going to think. And because I'm not a very, I'm not a well-known CrossFitter and I don't have a strong social media presence, like I'm kind of a, a nobody from Minnesota. So people aren't really going to take the time to look into that. So I think I've struggled with... Um, just knowing that most people are 
are naturally going to assume I'm guilty. That being said, um, I also am super grateful that I've had a really strong um, support system, my family and my gym and my coach um, and, and circle of people have been great. And so I, I do feel like I'm fortunate in, in that. Um, I'm, I'm sad. I feel really sad <laughs> about the whole thing, about the loss of competing and, and, and that, but much more so uh, about the, the probability of people misunderstanding and misrepresenting my name and my integrity and how I conduct myself. That, that part is really hard because it's such a disrespectful thing to, to do or to be accused of. Uh, and any amount of like screaming and yelling for my innocence doesn't really, it's not going to change people's minds who come into it with a preconceived idea of what the truth is. Yeah. I guess, you know, I, I'm pretty torn about the whole thing myself. I, um, from like a, a fan slash, I don't know, like media person, perspective uh of of crossfit as a sport um i would be naive to say that there isn't people purposefully taking performance enhancing drugs but as someone who knows even the the slightest amount about the supplement industry and how it's it absolutely doesn't have these regulations in place to protect consumers especially uh, athletes who are held to really high standards um on this testing you know, at the, that to me is really hard to reconcile. Um, and I think one of the interesting things about your case is that CrossFit has generally been pretty cutthroat with um, people who uh, failed the drug tests. You know, in the past, I mean, the most extreme example is Ricky Garrard, who they made him into like this whole like bad guy on the documentary that came out um, after last year's games. But in your case, not only were you able to sort of like you guys kind of flew under the radar with with how they announced things. Um, you know, I probably unfortunately probably played a little larger of a role in sort of broadcasting um, what had happened uh, as opposed to CrossFit because they didn't include anything on social media. But you were also able to reduce the sanction, which I think is about as big of a admission of you know, innocence as CrossFit's able to give. I mean, there's no way they can say we can't give you a sanction because whatever the sub substance was is in your system. And there's that whole responsibility uh, factor where you're held to the standard of responsibility for what's in your system. But absolutely, you know, the, the idea that this stuff is prevalent enough that it's like, yes, it, the contaminated substance is not only a legit excuse and a real reason, but you're able to prove that's the case. Like, do you think that your opinion of other positive tests that have come out in the past has changed? Like, has this changed your outlook on those people's experiences? Um, you know, now that you've kind of unfortunately been on this side of it. Sure. I think it certainly gives me pause. Um, it's just one of those situations that I would have really struggled to believe if it hadn't happened to me directly. So I, I have tons of understanding for, for people who have trouble believing it. And it, yes, it gives me pause for, for people who have claimed this 
contaminated supplement thing in the past and and I maybe have written them off. Um, and also, just to go back, please hear me say that I do not fault CrossFit at all for having to implement some kind of ban or punishment, and, and I don't have any ill feelings toward them and fully respect the zero tolerance policy and understand that that they can't just like give you a slap on the wrist. Um, so I, I want to be clear about that because I don't want anybody to hear me somehow and think that I'm you know frustrated that I got a ban, but like I, I get it. I realize that we have to have, we need to maintain an integrity level of the sport. And, and sometimes this is just how it needs to be done. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I, I think I, I hear that for sure. Um, you know, the, the, another part of this that's really fascinating to me is CrossFit's actual testing and, um, you know, appeals process. They are very secretive about how this entire thing works. Um, but but the key of it all is that CrossFit themselves as an organization are the only ones that see a positive result. Well, they see any of the results and decide who gets sanctioned, how they get sanctioned. Um, but as far as I know, they don't have a, like a particular person or team involved in just handling appeals and just handling you know, uh, drug enforcement, their drug policy enforcement. So was your, was your interaction with HQ, was that with, you know, the, the sort of big players at HQ who are in charge of the games that we all already know, or is there actually someone there who's like, whose specialty is this thing? There is, they act, there's actually like a point person, um, who's kind of oversees the anti-doping like drug program. Um, along with him, you know, there were a couple other like higher up HQ people who were just kind of CC'd on all of our communication and kept in the loop. But there was, there was kind of a one point person through the whole thing. Now, do you, do you see this process and what has happened to you and, and sort of like, you know, do, do you see lessons here, things that you can actually like give other athletes as suggestions or advice on how to possibly not get caught up in, in, in this type of a, a scenario? Um, sure. I think the primary thing, and the, I think the primary thing that CrossFit stressed to me is the importance of that third party testing, like stamp of approval on a product. And I, I understood what that was. Like I knew that existed and, and most of my supplements were third party tested. Um, I think there's, this isn't an excuse. This is just an explanation. The product that was found contaminated was so widely used and well-known and, uh, you know, showed up at the, it's at CrossFit events that they sponsor CrossFit athletes. Like I, I naively felt like they were a trustworthy company and therefore it was okay. Um, and that's on me and I own that. Uh, but I think there's, I, I now know there is no substitute for that third party testing validation. And I, after talking to some experts over the last couple months, I now realized that even that maybe isn't foolproof, right? Like the only way that you can be 100% sure is to not take supplements mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Um, in the absence of not taking anything, making sure you have a third party, um, you know, validation is really important. Um, so that's probably the main takeaway and was a part of the primary reason why they needed to still hold me accountable because I had 
I was neglectful in not making sure that my supplement was, you know, had that third party verification. Do you have an idea of the, the timeline of, of how this, how, you know, the substance in such minuscule amounts was entered into your system? Like, did you take, it was, was it like something that you took like the day that you got tested? Was it something that you had bought like a month before and that you were just sort of like taking leading up to the games? Like, is there, um, is there any details there that you can share about, about how that, that process happened? Yes. And those are really good questions. So I, I don't take pre-workout in training ever. I only take it during competition. I'm super careful about like how much caffeine I ingest in general. So that, and the whole reason is that I want the effect of the caffeine when I'm competing to be maximized. Um, so I purchased it a couple days before leaving for Madison and all of these details and documentation were part of what we had to provide to CrossFit, like three different forms of proofs of purchase that that container was what I bought at that time. And, um, so I purchased it a few days before we left for Madison. I opened it when we got there. I only used it for those, the four days of competition. Um, and then I didn't use it anymore cause I don't ever train with it. And that was part of the reason why it was, that was an easy one to send because it was, some of the things like a multivitamin, I had already consumed and thrown the bottle away and you know, you can't send that cause it's a month later. Um, but that pre-workout was something that I, I still had cause I don't ever use it outside of competing. And so we, you know, kind of detailed documented exactly when I took it based on when my events were and how much. Um, but I was, it was only during those four days. I, there was still some leftover in my water bottle after the very last event. And I knew I would have to go then give a urine sample. So I was actually drinking it on the, like, as we were walking to, um, give my sample. Cause I was like, gosh, I'm going to need to pee. I better drink this. Um, so it was only those four days, but it, it was right up until the time when I took my test. And, you know, with, with that sort of like a crazy timeline and, you know, the idea being this is like a super popular supplement is, do you feel like there's a lot of people who are kind of getting, I guess for lack of a better term, screwed by this product right now? Like they're just kind of getting suckered into, into this thing or what? You know, I feel like that maybe I don't know that I would use that strong of language. I think there's probably plenty of people who, um, who just, you know, such a small percentage of people are getting tested. So we don't really know. Um, I might be naive, but I don't think that generally people are putting, maybe some companies are, but I don't think that this company is generally like intentionally contaminating their supplement. Um, it, the amount in my system was so small that the toxicologist that we talked to, you know, told me that it wasn't nearly enough to, to give me any sort of competitive advantage which I'm sure that people out there are going to try to poke holes in and, and say otherwise, and that's okay. But um, the amount was very small, and I don't know that people would that this company would be intentionally doing it. Um, I do think it's probably more common than people realize. And to that end, yes, I think that people just don't aren't aware of it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it is a pretty it's a pretty wacky situation. Um, you know, like I said before, I think a lot of people have like a trust of these types of products. Uh, 
when really like why why do we even why do we trust it at all right i don't know you know i don't know why why there's that why there's that innate trust in in these products anyway um you know i guess looking forward what is like what does your next i don't know three months six months year what does that even look like you know are you trying to like advocate for building better like you know packaging um you know uh like labeling or are you trying to sort of just kind of get your your life back together from you know the the fallout of like people seeing this so you know what what does this what does this look like for you come coming up yeah i think um primarily it's kind of just piecing my world back together a little bit i've got three small kids um and so i don't you know just making sure that they're a priority and that they're getting, you know, the attention and, and whatever they need is certainly my priority. I, you know, getting, getting my training back to something that's consistent and this has sort of thrown a, a crazy wrench in, in all of it. So I think finding some more just consistency and routine again in training and, um, in my life is going to be a big part of just what our, I'm going to try to do over the next few months. Um, in addition, I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not, uh, much of, much of an advocate necessarily. <laughs> like I, I maybe advocate isn't the right word, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not one to like take on a cause and try to, I'm not going to just, you know, take on the supplement industry and try to change it. I think that's, um, a little more than I have in me. However, I do think that there might be room for, um, for more education around it for athletes from CrossFit directly. And this isn't me, you know, challenging them to, to do it, but I, I think there might be room for a conversation around providing some kind of more in depth, um, education and awareness for their athletes. If they're going to continue to hold them to this, this standard, um, which I think is great. And I think it's great to have a zero tolerance policy. And I think it's great to have a high standard. Um, but as someone who thought that I was being careful and not really taking risks, um, I, I now realize that it, it might be in CrossFit's best interest to, to really cover their butt even more by, um, by providing like some more comprehensive, just education around it for people um, so they have that to fall back on when they are implementing such huge bans for, for situations like this. Yeah. And that yeah. could look like a lot of different things. I think I've learned now that in other sports, in Olympic sports or other professional sports, um, sometimes they'll have their athletes doing just a mandatory, like watch these videos, you know, take this quiz. If you, you know, you have to do it every year if you're part of the testing pool. So I picture, you know, something like the, online judging course for, um, for the open, but like for doping instead <laughs> for anti-doping where like, you're just, you know, some of it might feel obvious, but, but we're just going to be comprehensive and you, maybe you do it every year. And maybe if you pass the quiz, you don't have to watch the videos or I don't know how it would look, but something to, um, to be a little more comprehensive in the education and awareness for athletes could be helpful. Well, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know exactly what that would look like. I think that's an interesting idea for sure. You know, um, the, the idea of sort of, 
making people more aware that this could happen uh, is probably it's probably a smart thing to try and get people a little better educated on that because like like you know you thought you were being careful and you ended up getting sort of side uh, uh, side swiped blindsided by this this news right and I imagine there's probably a lot of other athletes who are in similar shoes so um, I appreciate you taking the time Kelly uh, I know this is this is super uh, tough yeah. I know this, it's it's like a strange time for you um, but I, I really do appreciate you taking the time and, and sort of talking me through your thoughts here and, and, and what's happening. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks a lot.